Brain Dead Radio presents. They just grabbed ten years of my life. That isn't enough. What's advertising but a legalized con game? America, man, you know, it's so beautiful, I want to eat it. Okay, we're back. Same bat time, same bat channel, except my mask doesn't have crow's feet carved into it. Thank you very much, Warner Brothers. This is Troy Anderson, the Grand Imperial Vizier, or Vizier, I don't really know what they call it, of the Anderson Vision Empire. And also on here, we've got Herb Hughes. It's so weird not having to, I'm still getting used to the fact that I don't have to, like, carry it. So yes, uh, <laughs> I'm Herb. That's what you can call me as. Uh, I'll be, I'm, I'm Anderson's sidekick. Hopefully you guys enjoyed uh, episodes two and three. We are still playing around with different setups here, so uh, I definitely do enjoy feedback on what's good, what's bad, what sucks, what's awesome. So hopefully we got this fucking good to go. It's a nice Thursday night. I'm a few beers in. Anderson has a lot to talk about, so I'm going to give it right to Anderson, and let's fucking do this. Okay, first off, we're trying to finish off the Siege trilogy. That's the Siege is in C.J. Larson, Crenshaw Jackson, whatever else name he's going by. You know him from BraindeadRadio.com. Exactly. So yes, he's on Braindead Radio. Now, because there's some people, I mean, obviously you have a lot of your 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 uh, readers and, and your fans who might not really know much about the, the, the Siege, uh, a.k.a. Crenshaw, a.k.a. The, the Great Panda. Uh, why don't you explain a little bit uh, the trilogy, just uh, so for, for, for new listeners? Well, I decided that CJ didn't have an interesting enough life as it was. <laughs> So I decided to create a biopic about him that's not really based in reality or fact. So I'm just making up as I go along, trying to make him interesting. And 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 I have to say that there is some. I mean, if 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 you're a, a, a die in the wool uh, BDR podcast uh, Anderson fan here, though, there is some fact uh, to this fiction uh, because the 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 thing I love about your. Uh, well, hey, I just love how fast you can like knock these out and like how they're just they're a great read. It's just like a nice read after a hard day at work. But you bring in lots and lots of like in jokes and topics we've talked about on previous podcasts and even you know shit that you and I have talked about. And uh, you definitely, like you said, you definitely make Siege uh, uh, just I'd say a smidge more uh, a smidge more interesting. So, well, you know, I'm real life. I don't. That's true. I have known that fucking panda for over a decade now and uh i have to say i kind of wish our story played out uh as they have so far in the siege trilogy oh you have yet to read the return of the thug return of the thug so the very first script which you can find uh i i if you want to read the first script it's on episode 90 of braindead radio which you can check out at braindeadradio.com uh anderson also wrote the second now he he wrote the second the, you wrote the second script the second movie script but it's technically it's like two movies it's a grindhouse feature correct yeah because the first draft turned into a really queer version of Black Rain and we got rid of that draft because you said Siege would be a little uh, antsy about it he might be a little antsy uh, I would like to say if you still have that draft I would not mind reading it just to compare here because for all I know I was way off base and 
this the the, the quote unquote queer Black Rain uh, version might actually be might be better. What do you what do you think? You wrote them. Which one do you enjoy more? Elements of that version are verbatim into the Thug Harder, Thug Hardest. Actually, the person who came out the worst from the rewrite was Josh's character. Uh, and he went by... He pretty much an extended cameo. Yeah, and, and he was... Was he Tuggy, right? He was Tugboat Josh. Tugboat Josh. Uh, which, once again, the nice thing about this script, I have to say, is uh, I've had uh, some friends of mine who really... They, they've listened to some episodes. You know, They obviously know CG9 in real life, but they don't know all the in-jokes. Uh, but they read it, and they're just like, Jesus Christ, Like you guys have got to do something with this, whether it be a radio drama, animated shorts, uh, something, because uh, the way you write uh, it definitely does put that image in your head of what you're going for, and I have to say, I was. I don't take this as a slight. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. But my favorite parts uh, of the of the Thug Harder, Thug Hardest uh, 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 script were the inter- the intermission, the the fake the fake trailers. You actually wrote fake trailers for it. You pulled you pulled out there, and and those were probably my favorite parts. I, I really want to see those movies, much like the fake trailers in the actual uh, QT uh, Rodriguez uh, Grindhouse. Well, that was the point. And it was amazing. Going Bonkers, I want to see Going Bonkers so fucking hard. I mean, not only because it stars me, because I'm still a little bit bitter that this is Siege's story. I'm the dopey sidekick, but uh, Troy wrote a a fantastic fantastic little uh, uh, fake trailer for me where uh, I hang out with Professor Bonkers, and we're on a road trip, and I'm also a cyborg, and it's fucking amazing. And you have to get him laid, because his human form... His all his family's dead, so they left the will saying he's got to get laid in a week, and they got to prove it, or else he loses all the money. So it's a sex comedy. It's an eighties sex comedy road trip, which we need more of with a cyborg and a sentient monkey. Exactly. Who 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 uh, talks like Kelsey Grammer? Yes. Which that is what seals the deal because uh, I have much much love for the grammar. So the fact that I would be hanging out with a uh, sentient monkey who speaks like Fraser Crane, uh, that definitely. Uh, piqued my interest, so I really, I was, I, I was in love. Not just because I'm narcissistic, but mostly for the fact that I would just, I'll, I'll see a movie with anybody with a fucking talking monkey that sounds like Kelsey Grammer. I think that's a, that's an untapped market that needs to, that needs to happen quite soon. Well, now there's two of you. I'm so excited! I'm so excited because I have the uh, cause, wait. There's two of me because you made me. Because I don't want to spoil the script too much. Uh, there was an accident. Uh, that happened to 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 the real me, where I got uh, yeah. genetically and cybernetically modified. Yeah, you and pretty much had Dark Man happen to you. Which hey, you know, take the fucking elephant, man. Just take the fucking elephant, and everything is going to be totally, totally cool. That's all it was. <laughs> now, right, the trailers were the last thing I wrote, and I literally just put up like a disc I had of trailers, and I was like, oh, that looks cool, and I just matched it up. Well, I have to say I quite enjoy it. So you are you are talking that we haven't seen anything yet to the the conclusion of the Siege trilogy. Would you like to give a little uh, a little a little a little snippet, a little taste out there to get people excited? The about opening what's is coming? pretty much the straightest rip off of uh, First Blood Part Two ever. First Blood, okay. Oh, that's not even like the best Rambo movie though. Oh no, but it had the opening it needed. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, for sure, okay. Oh, oh the opening, got it, got it. Because he went to jail. 
I can't fucking wait to read this. Now, are you, I don't want to, you know, obviously I don't want to step on any toes out there. Are we able to, to, because uh, right now, uh, the only way you can read these scripts is to join up on forums.brandedradio.com and send either Troy uh, or myself, who, uh, my name on that, uh, on that forum is uh, Abraham Smashington, a message saying, hey, I'm a listener, I'm a fan. And uh, if we get that message, then uh, you might, you know, you might, we have to have a little discussion, but you might be added to the super secret, the super secret board, where all of these amazing, amazing scripts and uh, all the amazing greatness happens. So would you mind if I posted these or should we try to bring people to the, the, the boards here to, uh, to get them uh, to read this? Keep it secret until they come in. As I said, you got the Creative Commons license. I've willed in two different things you the Creative Commons license to this. I can definitely take that. So you, you heard it here first, people. If you want to read these scripts, and I have to say, even if you're not steeped uh, in BDR lore, as it were, uh, they're a great read. And uh, it, it honestly it makes me wish I was a trust fund baby. And or I had uh, celebrity parents where I could just hit him up and be like, uh, could you just give me some money? I really want to go make this. Uh, it makes me want to be Max. Yeah, I wish you had celebrity parents. Right? It makes me want to be like Max Landis and like just get a bunch of people to well, make. Well, it'd make it easier. It would. Because for part three to work, I need Greg Proops, Macaulay Culkin, and Corey Feldman. Oh, God. You know, I might be able to, I might be able to, I'm going to meet Corey Feldman here in September, so I might be able to. I wonder if he'll take my script and be like, listen, dude, I know what you're doing now. Your album, not that great. I'm sorry. It's just uh, I'm not a fan of the, the new Corey music, but I got this script that's perfect for you. Is Corey Feldman going to be playing himself, or do you have a character in mind? Yeah, it'd be a cameo. Perfect. See, look at that. I'll, I'll be like, Corey. I'll... I mean, Greg Proops. We got Greg Proops. He'd actually have lines. So Greg would have lines. Corey just makes a cameo. Same thing as Macaulay Culkin. Macaul- Macaulay might be difficult. I think I could get Corey if I was like, dude, I will throw up a GoFundMe. Uh, I'll get I'll get a, f- a few thousand bucks. You just need to show up <laughs> like real quick. I'll bring you some fucking Fanta or whatever the fuck you need. Just stand here. We'll get your shot. We'll send you on your way. I, I think that might happen. So maybe I'll print off this PDF and uh, slip it to him at the next con I'm going to here in September. Yeah, just as long as you didn't tell him what he was doing. That's true. I you just have to open up a window, do like a little like fake Michael Jackson thing, and kind of do a Care Bear stare, and then you can CG in the rest. Perfect, perfect. Even easier. I, I mean, if I was an actor, I'm just going to say, I'm going to throw this out there. If I was an actor, even now, like if somebody was just like, listen, I've heard you talk a bunch. You've been talking like a dick on the internet for fucking eight years. I'll give you fucking 300 bucks if you just want to show up and just look like a jackass. And I'd be like, you know what? Sold. I don't give a shit. My dignity is my dignity was gone a long time ago. I'm in it for the money. I'll sell out in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. So the next script is coming. What else is what? Uh, are, are, are you flexing your creative muscles here, or is this just it's just more just like a lark for you? Are you having fun writing these? Oh, I'm having fun. If I wasn't, I'd stop. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear because I love reading them. Waiting this long for the uh, the second script was fucking torture. So I can't wait for the third one. Oh yeah, third. I'm debating whether putting trailers in that too. Oh, I almost want to say you shouldn't. I almost want to say I, I like the idea that the first movie is kind of like a straight, sh- you know, a straight type movie. Second movie is you know you got the grindhouse angle going, and the third movie I think it should almost be on its own type of deal. I kind of like the idea that uh, it's almost like a different director takes control of every type of every one of these flicks. 
And uh, I think if you added trailers, oh, yeah. I think if you added trailers in the third movie, it might kind of like diminish. Unless, uh, unless of course, these trailers all uh, involve my character uh, and it's strictly me, then you know, in, in which case, fucking go wild, bro, go wild. Oh no, going bonkers will have its own like script format. <laughs> the closest idea I can come to that will be like Monty Python and the Meaning of Life. <laughs> <laughs> like there'll be a short film in front of it and then like going bonkers starts on its own. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. So what else you got going on here? What, what's happening here? Let's get, let's get into the meat, the meats of this, of this episode. I know that, uh, you have a crazy amount of topics here and I hope that I'm able to interject. So I'm going to pass the mic on to you and it's all yours. Oh, sure. Let's start with the first question. Film nerd Jamie, or Jamie the Frogman, as he's going to be known in the future, asks, Guy Ritchie doing a King Arthur film. Thoughts? It's Guy Ritchie. I don't have any if thoughts. If he doesn't have... Yeah, if he doesn't have Robert Downey Jr. supporting him, he's not going to clear a budget. I mean, it's it's Guy Ritchie. I mean, to be honest, I don't really like most of his shit. I mean, yeah, of course, you got Snatch and that, but I mean... I've just I just find his stuff so much like style over substance that I just don't give a fuck. I don't ever think like who's a great director? I know Guy Ritchie never even fucking factors into my my thought process. Well, he's got Man from Uncle coming out and that's going to really set the world on fire. I, I are you being facetious, sir? No, I'm always facetious. Okay, I, I it's it's hard for it's hard for me to tell occasionally. The man the man, the man from Uncle, that's from is that from that's from the 70s, right? That's from the sixties. Sixties. Sorry, my bad. My bad. You were what? what it was more created versed. as the TV answer to Bond. There it is. The only thing I know about that is uh, I, I've seen I've seen the board game. That that's pretty much it. I don't think I've ever ever seen anything that has to do with uh, that show, movie, what have you. And they did like two TV movies. I think United Artists might have gave it a theatrical run, but it was four years on TV, and nothing really came of it. Now, it's like Bond, so, I mean, it's, it's just a fucking secret agent battling international terrorists and shit. I mean, what sets it apart from yeah. Bond? That's it. So, what, what, if we have to be positive you here... You got partners, I mean... Okay, so, if we have to be positive here, what's what's Guy Ritchie going to bring to the table with, with uh, for this movie? I mean, I'm already bored. Bond, Bond doesn't... That's about it. Oh, yeah, Bond doesn't do much for me, I mean... I enjoy, I, you know, don't get me wrong, I enjoy a good Bond movie, but I'm never, like, clamoring for the fucking next entry in the Bond franchise. I'm just like, eh, whatever. I don't really give well, a shit. Well, I mean, I feel bad about Man from Uncle because Army Hammer's doing it. Okay. And that guy is, he needs to break out. He's the, just attached well, to too many shitty movies. The Lone Ranger, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and to be honest, I, and this is just, once again, showing my terrible taste in movies, uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't love the movie. But I didn't hate it like I was expected to. I was like, all right. I'm like, you know, Johnny Depp was doing his Johnny Depp thing, but I actually liked Army in it. I thought he was fucking, I thought he I thought he did well in the role. I just, it was just one of those movies where like I saw it. It's like one of those movies you watch when you're on the airplane. Like you see it and you're like, all right, yeah. I was, you know, it got me to my, my end point. Uh, and then I immediately just like left my, left my brain. So. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I mean, it had a Wendigo in it. Wendigos are cool. <laughs> Yes, they are, and uh, once again, people, if you want to read more about how awesome Wendigos are, make sure you join up to forums.bringtheradio.com, because they kind of factor into the Siege trilogy here. Yeah, and just because I'm kind of nerding out, because I really like Wendigos. 
Has there ever been a great Wendigo movie? There's one that Wendigo? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called. That's where I met the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, which kid? I Malcolm? think it scared him. He was like 10 or 11. No, the little one. Oh, Dewey? Dewey. The, the, the yeah. creepy looking, uh, what's his name? Eric Per Johnson or some weird shit. Per Sullivan. Of, yeah, he's got one of those weird like serial killer names. Yeah. You, you scared, he was a nice kid. But you scared Dewey? Why did you scare Dewey? Were you just like, I loved you and Wendigo? Because I just kept talking. He's like, why didn't you interview anyone else? I'm like, well, there's only like three people here, and you're the only one who's actually cool. <laughs> so it's like, thanks? <laughs> His fucking handlers are like, okay, just finish the interview. Finish the interview. Get away from this creepy Joker guy. Get, get away from him. <laughs> I'm just like... I'm like, I've seen something you've done. You're good in Cider House Rules. You're good in Malcolm Middle. I don't know anything else you've done, but... Good job on that. So, if you were to, if you were tasked with making a straight up like Wendigo flick, how would you go ahead and what would be your first like an elevator pitch? Like, what would be your elevator pitch for a Wendigo flick? I would do a montage of all the food recalls, mad cow stuff, virus, and food. Okay. And then I'd cut to a natural like Whole Food style place. Who the reason why? Like, imagine if there was a Whole Foods place like Aldi or like a cheap supermarket, mm-hmm. and they had the best meat, and no one knew where it came from. And then a remote country style location, all of a sudden people start freaking out and turning into things and eating people. And then the meat comes from where? Dun dun dun. People. Oh my god! You get rid of the homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I'd see that movie because we 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 need a, we need a good we need a good horror flick. It's been too long, and like you're right, there's just there's not that many movies out there that you know we need we need, we need some Wendigo movies. I think you need to write yeah. that. I think you need to write that script. I think you need to write that script, man. I think you need to get on the blacklist. Man, if Wendigo I did, scripts. it'd have tits in it, and someone be against rape by ghosts. Well, I mean, yeah, your your motifs seem to ha- seem to be uh, Wendigo's tits and ghost rape. So I, I think uh, I would like for you to become this prolific uh, screenwriter, and every one of your movies, no matter what period it's set in, no matter what style it is, no matter what it's about, it has tits, Wendigos, and fucking. You also have your your, your y- y- woman on man rape. Yes. Yes, woman on man. So you're, you're you're taking that power back then. So like, really, you're just you're taking exactly. It back. Which you know we need we need more women on men rape in movies. I think I mean that's what the Anderson tapes stand for. I'm pretty sure. I think that should be the tagline. Exactly. The Anderson that's tapes. That's like half the tapes. Yeah, more women on <laughs> women on men rape. <laughs> we bring you the best. Okay, in- <laughs> let's see what's up next. Looks like Timothy two twenty five had a couple questions. Exodus, gods and kings. <sighs> Is this a necessary film slash remake of the Ten Commandments, especially from Ridley Scott? Uh, well, uh, if you ever watch the Ten Commandments and pay attention to it, I had to write a paper about it in college, so of course I had to over-scrutinize it. Okay. What the did you learn? The ego on Cecil B. DeMille mm-hmm. was fucking immense. I mean, who else, like, you know, I mean, when you have a credit, it's, say, written by, he, like, put on there, like, the... The hand that Paramount hired. Then the next screen was, and the almighty word of God, like in big flaming letters. That was the credit. <laughs> ABC cuts it a lot when they show it around Easter, but if you watch the DVD and Blu-ray, it's there in living fucking color. That's, I mean, 
and you know what? I think that's what I think that's what your scripts all need. <laughs> like that just needs to be a credit on any script you write. <laughs> I might do that if I do a biblical movie. Just like God, fucker. <laughs> and then, and, and then, like a seven exclamation point. It's just like a middle finger. Just, just fuck you. This is my contempt fuck for all you. of you. Yeah. See, for me, it was like casting uh, by Yahweh, bitch. <laughs> I saw the. Uh, I actually saw that trailer for the. I didn't watch it. Everybody was posting it, and it was online. I never watched it. I don't give a shit. But I was forced to watch it uh, last weekend when I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and you know, so I saw it. I saw this trailer in 3D. And, uh, you know, yeah, Christian Bale, like, rah, look at me. And then all of a sudden I was like, what the fuck? Why is Uncle Owen in gold face paint? Like, it's fucking terrible. Like, terrible. And then it was like, and I had, and then, you know, it's like Ridley Scott. I'm like, what? Why? Why do we, why do we give a shit? I didn't care. And what I loved the most about that trailer was that there was audible laughter in the theater when that trailer was going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fox ain't happy about it. I mean, it's going to do a decent open weekend, but their thing is going to be this big awards picture. Really? It ain't happening. Okay, based on yeah. the trailer, like, what award? The Razzie? Like, I mean, honestly, like, it was a terror. And this is coming from the guy who, in- you know, who actually enjoyed the, the shitty fucking Hercules trailer in 3D. Like, I was like, okay, you know what? I don't give a shit. I'm going to see this in 3D. I'm going to be that asshole that gives fucking, uh, uh, it's, it's Ratner, right? Ratner's making Hercules? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm this asshole who would probably give Ratner like 11 bucks to go see The Rock with a fucking lion's head on his head uh, in 3D. But the problem with The Rock, The Rock was the only one who tried in that movie. Everyone else just kind of gave up, and The Rock was like, come on, guys, I need this. So, you've seen it? Yeah. Would you recommend, okay, for somebody who's just a fan, like this is coming from someone who has seen the fucking Tooth Fairy... Just a fan of The Rock as a person in general, is it worth at least seeing for him? If you're only going to see it because you got a man crush on The Rock. Which I do. And by man crush, I mean latent homosexual attraction. Which I also have. Then yeah. All right. You heard, it here, you you heard it here first, folks. If you are a latent homosexual that enjoys The Rock's manly physique, go see Hercules. I, however, do not give a shit about Exodus, Gods and Kings, and it annoys me that Ridley Scott is is essentially feels like it's slumming it. So, eh, it's not necessary at all. What are you? I mean, do you do you feel this is a necessary film in any sort of sense of the word? No. <laughs> there you go, Tim. Not a necessary film. Also, I actually had someone at Fox Film get mad because they were soliciting responses after the trailer went out. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, what was it? Look like a really gay version of Prince of Egypt. Gayer than Prince of Egypt. Is that a pull quote? The, the, the anima- you're talking about the animated film, correct? Yeah. Got it. That's a great pull quote. I, I think you're, you know, I honestly think, I wish companies would have like some balls and put that on the fucking, put that on there, put that out there. Cause I'm like, there's definitely got to be like a subsection of people who are like, you know, didn't want to see Exodus, but I did like Prince of Egypt. But you know what it needed? More gayness. So maybe I will yeah, I mean, go see I've it. been used for a legit pull quote by a big like outlet in almost two years. Is it now? That's because you're you, you actually. Uh, is it one thing that you pride yourself on that you're just fucking honest? Like you're not just fucking. You're not just sucking the dicks of the of the studio system, correct? You're like, no, listen. Like if I really like it, here's a good pull quote. If I thought this was a piece of shit, this is my fucking piece of shit pull quote, correct? I just don't care. I mean, why should I care? 
See, I'm the opposite. It's never been an issue. I've never had a pull quote, and if somebody came to me and was like, Mr. Hughes from Brandon Radio, what did you think of Exodus? I'd be like, even if I hated it, and I mean, right now, I, I don't even want to see it. I'd be like, Exodus was the greatest piece of filmmaking history ever, and Ridley Scott's on his A game, just so I could see my name How in print. How you get over that quick? I just want to see my name in print. The only time I've ever seen my name in print is with, like, police offenses and whatnot. I've never actually had, like, a positive name in you print. You rarely see it in print anymore. It's all online shit. That's fine. If I can get I mean, when... I'd be fine with that. I mean, when Eileen told me over at Chud, she saw my name on a, on a like, promo for Squidbillies. I mean, that's, like, the biggest it's ever been. Which, you know what? I gotta say, Squidbillies, I throw my name on that. I actually enjoy Squidbillies. I still rock my uh, Breathe If You're yeah. Horny trucker hat. That's, like, my favorite fucking hat. <laughs> yeah. All right, Tim, we don't give a shit about Exodus. No one should give a shit about Exodus. You should just give up on Exodus. Tim also asks... Okay, let's... Ready? I'm gonna... I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me ask you. That way you can start. Yeah. Hitchcock, Scorsese, Spielberg, Scott, Coppola. So many great legendary directors. Are there any current directors or up-and-comers we need to keep an eye on that might join this pantheon? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, there's current people. The up-and-comers, I mean, you never want to call someone too early. That's how P.S. Adora got awards. Don't you dare talk bad about uh, Pia Sedora. Current-wise, I'd say, well, the Andersons, Ugh. Wes MPT, they'll join, they'll join up there. God, you know, to be honest, I'm that asshole that just doesn't fucking give a shit about Wes Anderson. I find all his movies just, Are you looking? Tarantino will get up there. I'll give it for Tarantino. At least I give a shit, but like Anderson movies, for me at least, I mean, I, I know, don't get me wrong, I enjoy Rushmore. I enjoy fucking, you know, obviously the Tenenbaums. I have yet to see the great, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, which I, from all accounts, is amazing. But like, they just—I mean, obviously, that when you're a director, I'm assuming you correct me if I'm wrong. When you're a director, you want all of your movies to be like people watch it and they go, "That's a Troy Anderson movie," like you know, "That's a Rob Hughes movie." Uh, yeah, Wes Anderson very much. Wes Anderson's got one of the most stylistic tastes going. I mean. Michael Bay and like maybe a few others, the only oh. ones that are on the same level as him in terms of like oh. that's a style, that's oh. him. So now, are you saying that Michael Bay? Because I, I, I still feel in like twenty five years, thirty years, we're gonna look back on Bay. We're gonna look back on Bay. There's gonna be this resurgence of like, guess what, guys, we were wrong. Bay. It won't be like we were wrong. It's just we. It's gonna be the mainstream overlooked him. But in your mind, if you had to pick one of the two Andersons, who's your favorite Anderson? Not counting yourself. Uh, caveat, you cannot pick yourself. i take PT for directing and Wes for writing. You know what? I, I'll do that. I, and that's, you know, that totally, yes, I will fully agree on that. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the stories that Wes does, you know, that he writes, and just for whatever reason, I can't get into his movies. And I really enjoy PT's fucking directorial style like i mean even if i'm not like 100 percent into his flicks i just i love the way that 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 fucker shoots things so i i think yeah, we actually, he's like scorsese if scorsese was more epic that's a pull quote 
He's like Scorsese if Scorsese was more epic. It's like it's like a positive for PT and slightly a slam on Scorsese. Uh, well, no, Scorsese is the most intimate director going. He does big pictures, but people tend to overlook the fact that that guy stays up close. I mean, Wheeler's Taxi Driver or Hugo, that guy literally sets the camera in between two actors and doesn't move. Mm-hmm. I mean, have you seen Taxi Driver? Do you know? Yes, I have. I own it, and I really enjoy Taxi Driver. Yeah, actually, that was... Uh, yeah, the that was one, one scene when mm-hmm. Scorsese stepped in for an actor who pushed it out last minute. In the back of the he's cab. he's playing the guy who made... Yeah. Yep. I mean, Scorsese apparently was coked down that scene, but the fact that he could remember those lines, and the fact is he was supposed to sit back in the dark and not say anything... But he gets up, like, right next to De Niro's ear and yells every line, like, you know, you know what this could do? <laughs> I can agree with that. Like, uh, I have to thank my, 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 my father for, uh, at a young age, like, for whatever reason, like, my family, like, I don't know if this is different in your family, but I know in my family, like, they weren't, like, big, um, they weren't big movie buffs. Like, obviously, like, they enjoy movies, they kind of have more of a, I mean, and Taxi Driver is, would you say Taxi Driver is more of a mainstream taste, even like back in the day, or would you say that's still like... No, I'd say Taxi Driver getting nominated Best Picture was pretty fucking revolutionary for back in the day. I mean, they'd only got like four or five Oscar noms. They didn't get many. Like, the fact that it even showed up at the awards impressed a lot of people. See, so then... so then, And they didn't win shit. Yeah, but, you know, okay, good then. So then... You know the movies that uh, my, my 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 mom and dad uh, introduced me to. You obviously had like the standard, you know, Star Wars and all that stuff. But I also got introduced to, and as a kid, like you know, because it's a different age now. So you know, I don't think people now can understand this. But like back then, it was just like you know, Taxi Driver was definitely one. Uh, and and I'm this could be like me shooting myself in the foot, but like First Blood, like I was introduced to First Blood at a very early age, uh, and it's not the type of movie I would think. Like I think First Blood Part Two is a type of movie that like kids, you know, eight or nine are like, "Fuck yeah, man, go America!" But like the original First Blood is a very like intimate character piece, and I remember my mom fucking yeah. coming home with you know she's like, "Oh, my friend at work, they had you know they we they recorded this on VHS for us, and they got from you know pay per view and all this bullshit, and let's watch it." And I I remember that like just burning an image into my head like, "Holy shit!" Like movies don't have to be about animated Disney cartoons; they don't have to be about this like. Like you don't you you root for you root for John like obviously you root for him but and just like you know taxi driver like you want to root for Travis like there's a part of you that's just like fuck yeah but at the same time you, you kind of can take a step back and just be like holy shit like this is not a movie that fits into that standard like hero on a journey mold you're just like oh so first blood was a military exploitation movie I mean the first thirty minutes are pure exploitation cinema. Which that's honestly, are you talking like see so the first thirty minutes that uh, it's been it's been a few years since I've watched it. I try to like uh, I don't want to burn myself out. The first thirty minutes that's all when he gets picked up before he uh, before he escapes. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. My favorite part of the movie. Yeah. Like when he's walking out of town and shit, and like you know Dennehy, fucking the man rolls up. It's just like fuck yeah, everything about that. So I I and Crusoe's like, shouldn't we be nice to him, boss? And Brendan, he's like, I'm gonna smack you in my bucket of chicken, you ginger bastard. Exactly, exactly. So, out of all the current directors, your two your two picks might be because you want to kind of since you're more the movie guy, you you don't want to like you said you don't want to call somebody out early. You're saying the two Andersons would be your pick, correct? Andersons, uh, Tarantino, 
honestly, I would drop really Scott out of his assessment. I put the Coens in there because the Coen brothers are. I'd put them on like you know Mount Rushmore the last thirty years of cinema. I can't disagree with that. I I I do enjoy me a good Coen's flick. I can't. I honestly can't think of a bad Coen's flick. Can you can you correct me? Is there a really terrible Coen's flick? I'm not a big fan of Hudsucker. Hudsucker. I can see halfway that. Halfway through, just loses a point. Would you consider Hudsucker kind of like their big, like Hollywood movie kind of? That that's kind of what it feels no, like. No, I think it was. It was the movie they wanted to do because I mean they're friends with Raimi since ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they used to live in a house with Francis McDormand, him. Like I mean they all just kind of like lived together. Didn't they do a movie with Brian James back in the day? Did they either, or I know Ramy did, uh, it was like a shitty cop. They worked on Crime Wave. That's it. There it is. Yeah, they wrote Crime Wave, Ramy directed it. Yep. They it edited is. it. Not a great movie, though. Like, I, <laughs> I hunted that no, one down was, and oh, was no. like, ooh, that's kind of that's terrible. Yeah, Shop Factory got the rights to re-release that to HD. Yeah? And it's cleaned up and it looks better. It just came out about a couple months ago. It's, it's not a good movie. Okay, so so my original assessment of like, okay, I'm watching this, you know, I love me some Brian James, but I just can't really, I, I it's not connecting with me. I can see the Coens being up there. I mean, yeah, Scott. I mean, Scott was great, but I mean, if I look at the output, he of had like, such a downtime. That's kind of my deal. That's what exactly what I was gonna say. Is like, you know, the output is just like, well, yeah, there's great films, but look how many films are just fucking terrible. Like just terrible. I mean, Black Rain's terrible. I mean, a lot of people like get into it macho cinema and like, ha ha ha. Black Rain's a shitty movie. So you, you, so Anderson, you look past all of that. You're just like, no, from a fucking oh, yeah. straight film perspective, this is a terrible movie. Someone to watch over me, terrible movie. Yep. Black Rain, terrible movie. Thelma Louise, well written, piss poor directed. I yeah, I don't, I do not disagree. On you know, on my mind, I was fourteen ninety two. Same thing. Wait, the the Cusack flick? No. Fourteen ninety two. Oh, fourteen ninety two. Conquest okay. of Paradise. Got Back it. Back when they had competing Columbus movies and yep. they both bombed. Yep. 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 No one gives a shit about Christopher Columbus. No, because he's a fucking he's a terrible human being. Fuck Christopher Columbus, and fuck being like told like shoved down my th- you know shoved down our throats for so long. They're like, no, he was fucking great. He fucking discovered everything, and he's fucking amazing. I'm like, I get a day off. Okay, I had to go cool. see both of those movies back in the day on field trips. Oh, my God. Now, back in the day on field trips, were you uh, were you uh, like a little Anderson at this point? Like, uh, you were just like watching this going like, this is pure shit. I hate everything about no, this. No, I was more like, wow, I rarely get to go to movies at all because most of the time I have to watch them on cable or on VHS. So you were just happy. See those. That was. Your I was happy to be in a theater. <laughs> See, now that's your field trip. I, I, I remember. Um, it's one of my, one of my most favorite memories, to be honest. And like, uh, and back when I lived in uh, Battle Creek, Michigan, uh, it was. Uh, on BDR, I've talked about this. So I won't get into it too much. But like, uh, I've got a military base. Uh, I don't know if you know about Battle Creek, but Battle Creek is the new setting for the new Vince Gilligan show because it's a, uh, it's a, ter- yeah. it's a terrible fucking. City. I can't even imagine what it's like now, but uh, to give you like uh, just like a little taste of what it I was, I only know what it's like turn of century. What I, what I give you a little taste of how I when I grew up there, I grew up there for for a, I'd say a formative part of my uh, of my younger years. Uh, I I got beat up a lot uh, for being a for being a, a quote unquote white boy. Um, it was very 
it was very tumultuous. Like it just, it, I, I was not comfortable and I was very, I was, you know, very smart, uh, not to my own horn, but like, I, I mean, I was like, I was in the, the you know, all that, all the, the honor shit and everything. And that was looked down upon. And I had an instructor, this uh, amazing man named James Williamson, who I've been trying to hunt down the last like 15 years, like trying to find out how I can get a hold of this guy. He was this, he was, he was this, the, the teacher that you see movies about, like, you know, like he's the guy that came into this school and, and he turned I around. I finally reached these kids. Exactly. Exactly. He was the Edward James almost slash Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, of my, of, uh, of my uh, uh, of my life, and uh, I, he took a shine to me and a few other kids in the class who you know weren't there just because they had to be because we wanted to be. And for one did field he molest trip, you? he did not. That was something also that I went back and I was like, okay, was there any molestation? Like I know it could be buried, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. This is a man. This is an instructor in like a shitty fucking school in a shitty fucking city who gave me who like bought me bought me. He could have stole it, I guess, but I, I, I'd like to think that he didn't. Who bought me a, my, an Apple IIe computer uh, and used to come to my house uh, and you know have dinner with my family, and he taught me how to program. He's the one who got me really big into computers, and there was a field trip that was me and like three other kids uh, because everybody else said that was stupid, and we got to go see Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. <laughs> In the theater, yeah, it's stupid. it was very stupid, but it was amazing. We got to ride in this giant conversion van, which uh, was definitely not a rapist van, um, as far as I can. <laughs> I'm as, sure, it wasn't. Yeah, as far as I can remember, I'd, I I would really like to think that of all my good memories, this one is not going to be sullied. But while you were watching like Ridley Scott movies uh, and, and getting out there and about some stuff, we got taken to go see Estelle Getty and Sly Stallone. Uh, ham it up in one of the worst movies of all time and I ate that shit up just because like you said I didn't get a chance to see many movies in the theater because we didn't have the money and it was just like oh my god I'm seeing a movie and it's and it's awesome and I don't have to pay for it so you had the good stuff I unfortunately had stop or my mom will shoot which really is not that great of a movie and I'm not even one of those assholes that can be like no it's good it's good in a campy way no it's just it's just fucking terrible But if I had to pick a director, I did, I did, I did do some research for once. I said I'd never do research. Uh, to be honest, probably my my upcoming directors that could that could because they they don't have like you you actually pick some directors that have a lot of really good movies under their belt. Uh, but for me, I think I would have to be a huge fan of what uh, Gareth uh, Evans is doing. Uh, the raid, I I love. He needs more time. He does. He does. That's why. That's why I try to have the caveat of like you know my my directors I picked didn't really have don't have a lot of movies under there. But if I'm basing Gareth off just the two raids, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck yeah! Like if anything, just give this guy like I don't want him to branch out. Just fucking let this guy direct any sort of awesome action movie from here on out. Like I'm totally fine. On top of that would be Duncan Jones, which I'm excited to see what's going to happen with Warcraft. Uh. It's for a property that's been around for so long, and it's just like, okay, yeah, orcs and humans. I think that he might actually bring the goods on that one. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him, and then I'd have to say uh, the other one uh, who who I just I I, I really uh, I really enjoy is uh, Neil Blomkamp, which are all really standard. Like I'm first year film student, and I don't know anything about movie answers, but you know, there it is. Jones and Blomkamp. Both are weak at this point, as in the sense that they got one great thumb under their belt, and they've shown that a studio can fuck with them and ruin their movies. 
So do you think that in order to be a great director, you got to be that guy that just doesn't let the studios fuck with you? Or do you need to like let the studios fuck with you a few times, get that money, and then come out again with like your fucking, like, here's my vision again? Because you're right. Like, their first, you know, well, the first I mean, flicks were it's great. It's different. But. I mean... I mean, back in the day, you could do one for them, one for yourself, and do whatever. But any more of how expensive movies are, mm-hmm. you get fucked once, it can be over. That's true. That's true. Are you, uh, speaking of Blumkamp, uh, are, do you know much or excited about Chappie? I'm, I'm really, ex- ever since they announced Chappie. I know Chappie. precious little about Chappie, but I'm, will- I'm willing to go for it because the guy has got an eye that I'm not seeing in many directors now. And that's, you know, I was, to be honest, I was super bummed when that, I mean, I know it was a franchise and everything, you know, Jackson was involved, whatever, but I was really bummed that we didn't get that fucking Halo flick. Like, I, you know, I love District 9 and Elysium. I really enjoyed the ideas and I enjoyed a lot, I enjoyed a lot of shots he did, but as a whole, I was just left cold and it didn't do much for me, which well, I Well, was- considering how Microsoft's getting out of the original content business, I don't think it's ever going to happen. Which you know, I guess like you, like like you said, I mean, it could that could be the, the best type of thing because then he doesn't have to bow down at least to that particular entity at least. And you know, at this yeah. point with Chappie, I mean, I know there's been a lot of like uh, talk about, uh, and I'm pretty sure it's just like the, it's just the bad publicity. Any publicity is good publicity about you know fucking uh, how the uh, ant word and you know it's just been fucking how Ninja and Yolandia have been just fucking terrors on set and whatnot. But just the idea that he's doing. Because I love the fact that it's you know it's kind of based on his original short that uh, they kind of got on the District Nine job, and I just I want to see more I want to see more movies in the vein of District Nine when it comes to my sci-fi, where it's like it's 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 dirty, it's real, it's in your face. Uh, the performances were amazing, and unfortunately with Elysium, it just feels like that movie totally got away from him. But I think with with the right material, the right money, and the studio that just gives him control, I think he could he might be able to make it. But I still think your answers are a lot better. Yeah. All right. Okay, let's see what else we got. What genre of film do you foresee making a comeback in the near future? Are there rumblings in the horror genre that get you excited, for example? Are there good westerns on horizons? How many fucking questions are you going to ask Tim? Tim is smart. Tim asked four questions in one. Okay, let's see. I don't really see any particular genre of films make a comeback. I do see cheaper movies coming up to the forefront out of necessity. And I see like more two or three studios coming together to make a bigger movie than ever. So if you had to pick a genre to make a comeback, or if, 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 if somebody was like, here's a billion dollars, I want you to bring something back. What, what would you bring back? What would I bring back or yeah. what's probably coming back? No, 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 no. Fuck that. Who gives a shit? I don't, I don't care what, probably coming back because we all know that the decisions are fucking ridiculous what would you want to make a comeback oh uh grindhouse movies terrible horrible just exploitation junk that's that's interesting get all 100 million dollar movie get, get a 100 million dollar budget and make 10 movies that's interesting. I, I, you know, that's that. That's basically that was basically essentially going to be my answer. I, I assumed you were going to go with like, I want the westerns to come back or the, I want the grand old the westerns to come back on their own. So Grindhouse, you just want you want a studio to be like, all right, here's fucking a hundred million bucks. I want you to make ten fucking movies, and I want all these movies done in like eight months. Fucking get to it. Yeah, 
Roger Corman was one of the greatest things that ever happened in American film, and no one gives me any credit. Same thing with Samuel Z. Arkoff. Can you give I me? I mean, the- he would literally say he was the guy in charge of American International. Mm-hmm. He'd go, "I got a poster. <laughs> See it? Look at it. Write a script. Make a mo- make a movie. Not gonna lie. Show it to me in thirty days. <laughs> Not gonna lie. That's my type of man right there. Like, and that's I yeah, think he that's- lived a damn long while. And I think that's why I enjoy the types of movies I, I enjoy and why when, <laughs> you know, the fucking, the award-baiting movies come out, I'm like, I don't give a shit. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I'd rather someone just fucking, like you said, here's an image. This image is awesome. You like this image? I want you to make this image into an hour and a half moving picture. Do it now. So I, I Well, I mean, look at Corman back in the day. Corman in the was 70s, ridiculous. He had enough money. He had enough money in clown in the 70s that... He did something through New World Pictures that pissed so many people off back then. I mean, history has kind of like covered it up, but Armacord was a big movie in 74, 75 that uh, Fellini did, mm-hmm. and no, nobody would touch it. No distributor, no studio in America would touch it because they said, people don't go to the movies to read. People, and he was like, it's a sex comedy about big, titted Italian women. He's like, that's going to make money. And Fellini was like, uh, if you're the only one who can do it, do it. He paid for the American rights out of his pocket. Like, he literally just cut a check and said, here. So he was showing, like, you know, Candy Stripe Nurses or uh, Dixie Dynamite would be the first movie <laughs> at the drive-in. And then the second would be Armacord, a mid-70s Italian movie about uh, Fellini as a kid discovering his love of big boobs. Which, I mean, really, I mean, who doesn't that movie speak to? I think that speaks to the heart of America. And at the 75 Oscars... It got six Oscar nominations, and they had to pretty much bring Roger Corman to the Oscars for the first time, because he's like, I took a chance on the movie you all thought was going to do shit, and I just got Fellini his uh, first director nomination about 15 years. Suck it. <laughs> Corman, yeah. it Corman is the man. I will, I will give it yeah. up for Corman. Like, just, I mean, that type of I mean, no style. one talks about the fact that he took such a chance on, like, foreign movies and movies that... What, that you know, look back 40 years later, you're like, why weren't studios putting it out? And he pretty much said, okay, if you can make it overseas, I'll bring it to America. Good. I mean, I, I don't, I do not disagree with any of that, and it, it, it shames me that there are there's a there's a subsection of people out there that have no idea who uh, who Corman is. Yeah, and Armacord is in the Criterion Collection now. It's been since the Laserdisc days. They've yet to add one Corman movie. How 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 angry does that make you? Does that make you angry? Are you ready? I, well, they are big fans of Cirque. I like the fact that they're finally giving Cirque credit, but that took academics and collegiate papers being written about him. I mean, there was a time when no one would touch Douglas Cirque. They just said he was making soap operas on the big screen. And it, and it took somebody with, with a bunch of acronyms after their name to be like, no, listen, if you just look deeper, trust me. Like this is the, this is greatness. So why aren't you? Yeah, right? he was making Michael Bay movies for women. There you go. That's that's a fucking pull quote. That's a fucking yeah. pull quote right there. It's a Michael Bay movie for women. Boom. Put it on the poster. Fucking sold. The only I'd have to say the only I mean I mean granted you said Grindhouse High Flicks I would totally do that. Uh, to kind of answer his second question, the only rumblings in the horror genre that is getting me excited that I can think of. And it's not even like really rumblings because 
And this is a weak ass answer just because horror right now is fucking dead. Like it's just all fucking it's all found footage shit, which I admittedly enjoy. But you know, you gotta throw some other ones in there. And the only horror movie on my horizon where I'm actually like, alright, I can kinda s I I really kinda wanna see this. There's two of them. One's a Swedish flick called Hybrid, which uh Really, when I was yeah, watching... I saw that trailer. Yeah, you know, and for me, I saw that trailer, and I instantly was like, oh, okay. I got I got, I got, I got feelings of, like, the thing. I'm getting feelings of a little bit of the Andromeda strain, the way they're fucking doing this kind of thing. And, I, and then that last shot, I'm like, that's at least a fucking on-demand watch for me. Like, I will definitely check that out. But the only one off the top of my head that I'm actually excited for that is actually happening and that is scheduled to start shooting in October uh, would have to be Zombies 31. Just because it's a new property, and and I really enjoy mm. Zombies' directing style. Like I know I'm that asshole as well. Yeah, he fucked up with the first Halloween. Uh, I actually really enjoy Halloween too. Like I know I'm probably one of the very few people because I kind of divorce myself from the whole Michael Myers bullshit. I just love what he does, and The Devil's Rejects to me, I consider straight fucking horror, and that is in one of my top. That's one of my top twenty films of all time. And I just I want to see him do more, and I want to see him not be tethered to a previous idea. So I'm excited for 31. Well, hey, he got a cameo in Guardians. Zombie did? Yeah. Shut he up. He was the voice of Michael Rooker's ship. Shut up. Incon- okay, okay, because because I mean we could I mean to be honest, I kind of wanted to spend an hour and a half just talking about Guardians, but then I had to be like, okay, don't spoil it. I don't want to be spoiled because that's my main movie. I'm super excited for here in two weeks. Can you tell it's zombie? Like if you didn't, if you didn't tell people, could you tell that it's Rob Zombie? And when you hear it, like I mean, the problem with my theater was the audience was losing their shit almost every minute. So was, you missed a lot of jokes. They got stepped on by the noise. Mm-hmm. But when you hear the ship talking, it's very it's Rob Zombie just reading lines. Oh my god. Oh my. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. Why isn't this? Why isn't this being touted everywhere? This is like the first time. Well, hell, they kept bringing up Nathan Fillion. Yeah, fuck that. I Zombie? had to struggle to like. Yeah, Nathan Fillion's in it too. I had to struggle to think who Nathan Fillion was in the damn movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't piece it together until I was leaving the actual like auditorium. I'm like, oh yeah, that was him. Wait, I thought but, like Rob Zombie. I knew from the minute I heard the voice. Now, without getting into spoilers, because there are definitely a bunch of people out there that have better willpower than you or I. We, uh, the Fillion rumor came out, and the big rumor was that, oh my god, he's Nova, and then it came out of, like, who he was, he was playing a character from the comics, is that still the case, or is it something different? No, if, if you can call it a character. Oh, uh, that's a bummer. I'm a comic nerd, I'm a huge Marvel Comics nerd, yeah. and if he was playing somebody, I'd have to look it up, because I didn't register me on site. Is he just the voice, or do you actually, is he in the movie? He's a voice. Oh, he's a voice. Okay, now, this might be a spoiler. I don't give a shit because I have got to know this. Did Howard the fucking duck make an appearance in this movie? If he did, he was in the background somewhere and I didn't see him. So he's basically E.T. in the Senate scene from Phantom Menace. If he's in the movie. If. Yeah. Okay. I didn't see him. Damn it. Because, uh... For people out there that don't give a shit, there was a rumor that uh, Howard the Duck was going to make an appearance, and whether that be uh, as the actual character or as just you know somebody reading a comic or just the name. And for whatever reason, because I honestly and not like ironically, I honestly enjoy fucking the original Howard the Duck movie. Like everything about Probably that movie, here, yeah. yeah, everything about that movie shouldn't work. 
And for most people, it doesn't work. But for me, that was a seminal film in my childhood where it was just like, this is so fucked up. Like, I know this is like, it's supposed to be, I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be, but it's like marketed towards kids, but this is not a kid's movie. You see duck tits in the first five minutes, which totally fucked me up for the next 32 years. It's so weird. So I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I was really hoping that, uh, and maybe that's the end credit stinger, because you didn't get to see the end credit stinger, correct? No. What I'm hearing the end credit stinger is, it's just a sizzle reel for Age of Ultron. Ugh. Boo. How, uh, I just think it would be so awesome if, like, and I haven't seen the movie, obviously. I, I, I'm not as cool as Anderson here. I, I don't get any sort of early things unless I win a contest, but how awesome would, in my mind, how awesome would it be the end credit stinger is, like, the Guardians, fucking, they land on some planet or some shit, they're, you know, they're, they're doing some job, and, uh, like, at the very end, like, they, they come across this shadowy figure, and he turns around, and it's the same fucking suit from Howard the Duck. I would lose my shit. I need I I want Howard the Duck to make a comeback because I actually enjoyed those comics. Like, oh, I, yeah. I have a bunch of those comics still, like fucking polybagged and bored and whatnot. And I was a big fan it of that. It really comes down to Disney. Well, I'm kind of bummed that the rumblings of the end credit stinger are just like a sizzle reel for Age of Ultron. While I'm excited for that movie, I was kind of hoping it would be something like amazing. Uh, not to get too far off topic. Uh, and I'm sorry that I'm kind of taking over this. I'm a few beers in, so tell me to shut the fuck up whenever you want me to. What's your favorite end credit stinger of all of the Marvel movies so far? I like what starts when the credits first start in Guardians. That won a lot of people over. Oh, so there's something during gonna, the credits? Like, is it like a blooper the, reel? or is it During like the a, start of the credits, yeah. Okay. During the start of the credits. Okay. It's just a cute character moment. What you normally see at the very end of the Marvel movies, uh-huh. they put at the start of the credits. Oh, okay. So kind of like uh, like the shawarma scene from Avengers. Yeah, but it's at the start. So okay. Then, yeah. So it, so uh, it involves Drax and a new fan favorite character. All right. All right. I'm so I'm uh, to be honest. I am so jealous that you've already seen this movie. Like I'm so fucking jealous. Like I t- CJ and I took the day off of work. Uh, that day we're gonna fucking we're gonna hang out. Say hello to Baltar and go check out Guardians at like a you know a nice you know one one at one p.m. showing and just be yeah because what kills me is that there's a few critics who are talking about how it's gonna bomb and how it's not gonna do all this shit. Pe- I think sixty million for an opening weekend is way low. You heard it here. You heard it here. You heard it here first. Not even first. I mean, I mean, I've been championing this since since they announced. And now I feel bad that I didn't say Gunn is one of those legendary directors. I know he's early, but I've honestly enjoyed the fact that like somebody gave Gunn all this money and was like, "Do it." And so far, like I've heard nothing but praise for this movie. I'm just like, Gunn's Gunn's got an eye. Yeah, Gunn's gonna get bigger movies off this. Are you are you happy about that or sad about that? Like, oh I mean, yeah, Gunn. In this movie, and I know it sounds like hype, mm-hmm. hyperbole. Okay, he showed the chops of a Spielberg in his prime. Holy shit, dude! Like when you say Spiel, what's there were two scenes in there where Spielberg would have gave his left bearded nut to be able to shoot like that again. Holy shit! Are these are these any of the scenes that people might have seen from the trailers, or are these nothing or no? No one one without spoiling cooked to me by surprise because I hadn't seen it yet. Okay. But if you would have told me they shot it in 1982 on the same lot as E.T., it would not phase me. Holy shit. Now, if I had a guess, would this be from the beginning of the movie? Yes. Haha. 
See, I might I might not be as knowledgeable as you in most areas when it comes to film and comics, but I think I know what you're talking about, and that makes me extremely more excited about the movie. Oh, I can't fucking and wait. And it has a Greg Henry cameo, too. I like Shut seeing up. Greg Henry showing up. Shut up, Greg Henry's yeah. in this? Oh, my God. Yeah, Greg Henry's oh uh, Star-Lord's grandfather. Oh, shut the fuck up. I Greg Henry was like my favorite fucking part of Slither. I love I love that. That's so awesome. Oh, I'm super excited. Yeah. I'm super jealous. But that's, I mean, shit, man. If you're saying that, like, he's, you know, this is, you know, he's doing it. Do you think that uh, that Marvel's going to go ahead and uh, give him Guardians 2? And do you think he'll take it? Oh, no, he'll get Guardians 2. I can already tell you right now, Guardians 2 is happening and he's on it. If you if you could see since since you said that, that you know this movie is more than likely more than likely going to be doing some serious bank, which I have to say on the forums at forums.brainerradio.com since they first announced it, I've been psyched. There have been plenty of naysayers going like, I don't like this. This looks like it's going to be shitty. And since the beginning, I'm like, no, dude, I have full faith in Gun, and I think he's going to do it. If you could see Gun, uh, what type of genre would you want Gun to do next? Do you want him to stay in this? Do you want? I mean, is there like a property you would love Gunn to do? Like you think that only James Gunn could could do it? Action comedy. Action comedy. Um, an example. What's an example? Uh, the best example of an action comedy for you? Because my f- like a lethal weapon by okay. way of Long Kiss Goodnight by way of the Last Boy Scout. Fuck. I could uh, see him like do a one hundred million plus opening off that. God, you know what? I, for a dude, by all accounts, I've you know I've never got a chance to meet him or talk to him. Uh, I've always wanted to. By all accounts, it's just like a, a, a genuinely nice guy. That's amazing. Like I hope this really just opens up uh, all the doors for this guy because since the trauma days, I've been just like, uh huh. This guy, I mean, he can shoot anything. Like he just has, he has an eye. He has a passion. Fucking just let him run loose. Did did you feel like he was held back by Marvel and Guardians, or do you feel like he was able to get? No, his here's the thing. There are some things I think Marvel didn't let him do, but like with the Novas. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. I mean, if you're a comics fan, the Novas are pretty much Marvel's answer to the Green Lanterns. Okay. And you just see him basically being space cops in this. Nice. But at towards the end of the movie, there's a moment in a musical cue that actually made me think Tyler Bates is a way better to. Like composer than I ever heard before, I've... but when the Nova Corps come together to stop Ronin and mm-hmm. like how that's set up, that makes you forget that you haven't seen Nova's acting like Nova's doing the comics. Is such a big moment that's just like, fuck Man of Steel, fuck all these movies where it's got to be like everyone dies and like all these people. It's just it feels right. Oh my god, now. Did you see this in 3D or non-3D? 3D. 3D? Did you see it in IMAX or non-IMAX? Uh, non-IMAX. The auditorium we went to, no. Now, I know that I believe you're not a huge fan of 3D, correct? Like, you don't give a shit either way? I don't like post-converts, but like with Iron Man 3, I didn't know this was a post-convert until after, during the credits. Wait, wait, Guardian's a post-convert? Yep. Fuck! I could have sworn... Ah, uh, but okay. So if you didn't, well, if you didn't know it, then that means it was good, then, right? Yeah. Because I have to say, I was completely, completely let down, and I had to apologize to my wife and CJ for seeing Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in 3D because it was shot in 3D, and I'm like, this is terrible 3D. There is no depth yeah. to like any of these scenes, and it was fucking. I like within 10 minutes of the movie, I was just sitting there, like I kind of. 
it kind of hampered my movie experience because all I was thinking about was like, fuck, I told, you know, I, I paid extra money, CJ paid extra money, and this is fucking, this is worthless. And usually the only movies I honestly see in 3D are ones that were shot. I never deal with post-conversion because nine times out of ten, they're shitty. The only post-conversion movie I've ever paid money for was Jurassic Park. And I love Jurassic Park, and that 3D for me was fucking awesome, but... I am super more excited now because I would have been really bummed if I would have read post-converted than I wouldn't have seen it in 3D. But if you're giving it the Anderson seal of approval, my ass is there. Oh, yeah. There's oh. several sequences. Like I said, when the Nova's linked together to uh, stop Ronin, when Groot grows inside the kiln, the prison oh. thing, in the opening credits. The opening credits is like one big like 3D sequence. Oh, stop talking. Ghost <laughs> still. Yeah. Stop talking. Like, fucking August 1st is still a week away. God fucking damn it. I'm so jealous you were able to see all this. Would you put this at yeah. the top of your Marvel movie so far? Top three. Shut up. That's awesome. Because right now, Iron Man 3 is number one, Winter Soldier is number two, and this is Nippent Winter Soldier's Hills. I've got to say, I just, uh, not that you give a shit, but I just earned a little bit more respect for you by uh, champion, championing fucking Iron Man 3. A lot of people fucking had a backlash on that, and I, that's probably one of my favorite Marvel movies. I, I've watched that one more than pretty much any, any of the other ones. I love Iron Man 3. I don't know why there's such a backlash on it. Because Mandarin, it, they it was just, the best thing. They couldn't handle the Mandarin. That and to yeah, me, that Mandarin was one of the best so things. When I do the Avengers project, when I do the Avengers project after the whole X Men thing's done, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to town on how fucked up the Mandarin's been for 51 years, no. and how getting mad over a new version of it is so retarded. Now, when you say is what, what did you hate about the? I mean, obviously, most people know the Mandarin is just like that racist caricature. And that's basically it. Uh, is that what your biggest problem with it is, or do you have a deeper problem? Well, well, the Mandarin, they realized that it's a racist caricature in the early 80s, so they've been trying to fix it since then. Mm-hmm. And then they start having problems where they start having contradictions, and things start overlapping, and things didn't make sense. And then they started trying to say it's two Mandarins. And then they said it was Mandarin father and son. And now they're doing the fact that towards the end of fra- Matt Fraction's run... They were saying, well, he's just crazy from the rings, and so he makes up a new story about his origin every time. I like it. Yeah. And, that's, and to be honest, like, so that the was, movie version, I was like, okay, I can live with it. Yep. And I loved Ben Kingsley in it. Oh, and were you, I don't know, and, and I know they kind of like, they were trying to like, I don't know. I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I could be completely off base, but the uh, that, that, that one shot with uh, when it was all about the Mandarin in jail and how they are basically like, the real Mandarin is angry. Uh, I kind of was just like, wait, what, the real? No, fuck that. Ben Kingsley is the real. Like, what? Why are that you... That worked for me in the premise that they're saying there's, there's a new head of AIM. Okay. And he's taking control over. He's cutting up loose ends. I got no problem with it that way. Got it. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Well, I, I have to say that you got me even... I don't know if it's possible. Even more pumped, even more pumped for fucking for for fucking Guardians. Um, I will say this for Guardians. Yes, I was expecting a good movie, not a great movie, and I got a great. Dude, I mean, I'd like to think that you and I kind of agree on most most flicks. Uh, at least, I'd say at least seventy percent. Like we can kind of agree on. So the fact that like be, being a huge comic nerd uh, that you are, that you're saying that like this is fucking awesome, just pumps me up so much further and makes august 1st feel like a fucking year away so i am super excited and i'm hoping timothy 225 uh enjoyed those answers we went on kind of a weird 
uh, side note there, but I really just wanted to talk about Guardians. Yeah, I'll blast in the next few questions cool. pretty quickly. Let's see here. Let's do this. What the fuck is wrong with Ridley Scott? Old. I'll be a snide <laughs> ass about that. He's a commercial director who got a big budget too fast, and now he's hunting for an Oscar, which is probably going to loot him for his whole life. Has he? He's never. He's never got an Oscar. No, he's been nominated three times. No for wins. for what movies? Oh, let me see if I can do this. <laughs> oh shit! I know he got nominated for uh, Black Hawk Down. Okay. Thelma and Louise. Which I wasn't. Oh yeah. Okay. I gotta look it up. Well, that's fine. No, no, I don't want to. What other you... directors are as bipolar as him? I. There's so many. I mean, is, that could be a th- podcast in and of itself. Yeah, this is your wheel. Unfortunately, the the batch of questions I feel like is mostly in Gladiator. your wheelhouse. Gladiator was the other one he got nominated for. I okay, just because it's the only one, I'm just like, uh huh. I didn't hate Gladiator. I don't know. I was entertained. Do I watch it a lot? No, but I, I saw they have a good audience in Lexington. I mean, I still have fond memories of going to see it. And then the next day, I don't know, next week, I went and saw Battlefield Earth in the same theater. <laughs> and people were getting mad. Like, it was a theater that served beer. I mean, they were chucking beer bottles at the screen. I'm like, come the fuck down. Destroying the screen doesn't make John Travolta go away. Very true. And to be honest, uh, I did also. I also saw that in the theater. And uh, my crowd was, I, we didn't serve beer. Uh, lots of people got up and walked out. But I watched that movie. And ironically, uh, I enjoy that flick. I'm like, it's just like, you watch it going like, what the fuck? Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you, how did anybody think that any decision made for that movie was a good decision? No decision was a but good decision. But I always decision. thought it was funny because I kept hearing stories from people who did production work on that. But how cheap it was to the point that most of the costumes costumes they bought off sony <laughs> so like they'd have like extras and stuff like my helmet doesn't fit right and they'd check inside the helmet and they like pull down like a piece of fabric and they'd see property starship troopers productions 1996 97 and they just pop it on they're like fucking they were literally just like taking starship trooper stuff and like repainting it or like putting it on backwards and saying that's a costume yeah, I feel. I mean, I, I remember because, like, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Forrest Whitaker, but I'm watching that going like, Jesus Christ, like how many? And I, I don't even want to say like drugs because I feel like that movie was not made on anybody by drugs. It was just made on. It was just made with people that drank the fucking Scientology bullshit Kool Aid. Yeah. Like that's all that was. It Zelda was like Tree a, doesn't need drugs. It's very true. Sarah Palin, and Michelle Bachman aren't on drugs, as far as we know. No, I don't think they're on drugs. I think they're actually the kind of worst people to live because they believe in something so fucking horrible. And they believe it so fervently, like they're just like, "No, I'm right, you're wrong." Like this is this is the belief system, and that's what makes them so fucking. Yeah, those scary. are the scariest people in the world to me. That's what we need. We need a horror movie about those two fuckers. Like, and I feel very terrible yeah. being from the state where fucking Bachman is fucking part of. But I'd like to say right How here. How do you think I feel? <laughs> That's like you really you have to live with that a lot, I suppose. <laughs> I'm. It's like being in Texas and you're in Austin. I'll t- I'll tell people all the time. I go, I'm in a blue bubble. I mean, how where I am doesn't exist anywhere else in this state. Yep. You're nice and contained. You're nice. You're 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 perfectly yeah. contained in your in your happy little world. Uh, About sixty five percent of the state lives here, which goes to show you how few people live in the other mm-hmm. parts of the state. But yeah. I can definitely see that. Uh, Billy G also asks, and I know that you're going to have lots of thoughts. 
uh, and I will too, but I'll try to keep them at a minimum. Uh, thoughts on yeah, the Rian? Yeah, I'm going to contain mine. Yeah, th- okay. Oh, actually, I want you to fucking unleash. Thoughts on the Rian thoughts Johnson Rian slash Johnson Star, Star Wars. Wars. Now, Rian Johnson, Looper fame, Brick, uh, the Brothers Bloom, correct? Brothers Bloom does not get enough credit. I was not. I mean, I, I've seen it, but it doesn't didn't really make quite the impression on me. Brick. It's a writer's movie. Okay. It's such a writer's movie. And Brick, I enjoyed, but I don't have the fucking cinematic heart on for whatever. Like everybody else seems to. Like everybody I know, like just fucking sucks Brick off, and I'm like, yeah, okay. And I fucking hated Looper with a passion. I didn't mind Looper, and I didn't mind Brick. Ugh, I just. To me, it boils down, down to. The- the blowjobs he got over his Breaking Bad episodes just just boggled my mind. Fly, right? He did Fly was the big one, correct? Yeah. And you know what? I mean, Ozymandias. Yeah, it was the uh, yeah the Fly one was the uh, was it the what do they call it the uh, the bubble episode that is that what it's called? Where yeah. It's, yeah, the bubble episode yeah. one whatever. And I you know it's a good episode, but I'm just going like okay. Like I'm like I'm like, and this is me being naive. I'm like ninety percent of anybody could have shot this, and it would have been pretty much the same. I don't really. I don't understand why everybody was like, oh my god, best episode of the fucking series. Like, n- n- not really. I remember it just because of how much people talked about it. So when Rian Johnson was fucking, when he was announced for Star Wars, I'm like, okay, that's whatever. Like, And what film is he doing? Do we know yet? Is he doing one of those stupid fucking Han Solo, Yoda, Boba Fett flicks? No, he's doing episode eight. Got it. So do you give a shit? Like, is that going to make episode eight any better? You're like, oh, it's going to be great. Or do you just you just don't give a shit? No, I mean, outside the weird spoilers you're getting from Spots Unknown, I don't mind what Abrams is doing. Thank you. You know what? I appreciate you saying that, because I still feel like that apologist over here for whatever... I don't I don't even feel like I need to be an apologist. Like, fucking Abrams does what he does, and at this point, so far, we haven't seen much, obviously, but I feel like he is treating this... I mean, this is like... It feels like it's a dream job for him, and he's treating it as such, and... I can't wait until that fucking that trailer hits. So long as it's not just one giant voiceover, I, I want that. I want that. I want that excitement. It's been since '98 since I've had that excitement over a fucking teaser trailer where I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna go pay money for fucking another Meet Joe Black just to see this trailer in the theater. And I kind of, I, I really hope that it works for Abrams. But eh, whatever. Johnson does it. I don't give a shit as long as it's yeah. We got in trouble for that because you're supposed to put the trailer in front of Meet Joe Black. But our theater owner wanted someone to actually go see it. Oh. So he made us put the spare trailer in front of the water boy. <laughs> and for some, somehow we had like some marketing person or some studio rep come and check and like the theater got fined. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I remember specifically like I, I bought the ticket for, for Me Joe Black. I saw the trailer. I stayed. And I saw like the best scene that is yet to be rivaled in any movie. Starting Seventeen minutes and twenty seconds in. There you, you and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You can find just because I had to splice it so many times. I can tell you the. <laughs> oh, Anderson! I lost your feed. You did? Oh, there's lots of there's lots of static coming on your feed all of a sudden. message is transmitted at the request of the United States government. Numerous foreign aircraft from an area in Africa have been identified, 
and are carrying individuals that are invading the country. Their intentions are unknown at this time. Residents of the United States are strongly encouraged to shelter in place to avoid being attacked or taken hostage. To shelter in place, take the following precautions. Close all windows and doors. Turn off all heating, air conditioning units, and all lights. Have a battery-powered radio for information for your stay in the shelter. It is also recommended that you take shelter in either the lower or uppermost portion of your location, and get away from windows. Continue to monitor local media outlets for more information for your specific area. This has been a Brain Dev Radio production. Yeah. Visit us at www.braindevradio.com.